This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Without Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Good morning, good morning. Uh, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Man Cave, the command center in the hidden location in the Melon Law Studio in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida, God's country. I can tell you it's a little nippy, but it's um, thrilling to be around in the nippy weather since we all too uh, often have the hot weather. So we'll do just fine here in uh, Florida. And uh, Florida right now is um, a very interesting state, a lot going on here, sort of leading the nation in many ways with what many people feel is the best governor we got in the nation. So today we're going to focus uh, once again on the blue county here in the state of Florida, the Democrat controlled county, which is uh, to give you a little background on this. Um, the, the Gainesville City Commission, the, Gaines, the city of Gainesville owns the utility. I hope I have this right because my expert will straighten me out if I don't in a moment, our guest for today. And uh, they rob this thing all the time. Uh, basically, that's the story. Today, I was asked just before we went on the air by an interested listener, hey, where's that money go, you know, that we pay for our utilities? And I said, well, you want to know the truth? It goes into their social programs. Uh, so there's been a hue and cry for an audit on these, this bunch of jokers. Um, they really don't have much financial or utility expertise. They are driven by ideology is the opinion that many have. And we have today with us a, a guest who really keeps a, a track of these characters and uh, tries to hold them responsible. It's not easy because they'll play tricks on you. They'll keep you out of the meeting or they'll put the buzzer on you, a number of things. But um, a guest today is really uh, much smarter than the commissioners, I would venture to say. He's got a aeronautical engineering degree, which automatically makes me bow to him. He also is a lawyer. You can take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but uh, he knows his way around the legal world is what matters. He's also been on a public service commission, so he knows utilities. I don't know anybody better qualified than Nathan Scott to uh, give us a conversation today about the financial situation in the city of Gainesville and particularly how the Gainesville Utilities GRU relates to it. Uh, any kind of question you want to get us, you can get us confidentially if you don't want to be seen on the Facebook chat by the Melton Law hotline 352-325-3938. Or get me over on the ch Facebook chat and uh, uh, give us a question, and we will uh, uh, pass it along to Nathan. Nathan is in a still shot today, a handsome man here in a still shot. Uh, he has the upload speed and his connection for the audio, a little troublesome for the video. So we nix the video, and we'll hear his voice just loud and clear, and uh, we'll, we'll take off from there. So. Nathan, a longtime friend. Well, we talk a lot, and uh, I defer to him for a lot of uh, uh, evaluation of my opinion on things. So, Nathan, welcome to the Words God Files. Well, thank you, Ward. Happy to be back, and I'm humbled by your comments, and uh, just uh, happy to participate. Well, we're glad, we're fortunate to have you in this community. As, uh, as you know, every once in a while, you take off, uh, uh, you do whatever you do with airplanes, and so. Uh, uh, <laughs> I get uh, communications with you from all points of the world, but you seem to have been settled in here now in Gainesville for a while. Is that correct? Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, you know, COVID has kind of uh, curtailed a lot of activity. So uh, just trying to uh, enjoy life in the meantime and uh, stay abreast of current issues. Well, we have a question already, and we're going to have a GRD uh, debt portfolio review, which we're going to trace through with Nathan. Of course, you can interrupt us anytime. And the first question that's come in, is probably about as honest and straightforward a question as can be asked, Nathan, uh, from a citizen. What can county residents do about these rate increases? Um, you know, that's a great question. Uh, right now, they're held hostage by the Gainesville City Commission. So there's unfortunately not a lot of uh, things that the county residents can do. Not only are they subject to excessive uh, GRU rates and the whims of the city commission are subject to an additional 10% surcharge on top of that on their electric bills. 
So uh, it's, a, it's a, a bad situation and it keeps getting worse. And, and there needs to be some sort of strategic alternative uh, considered by the, the city commission. Uh, if they pull their heads out of the clouds and stop focusing on global issues and get back to basics and, and stop virtue signaling, you know, they might have uh, some time to actually uh, listen to some experts like myself and others who can, have consistently told them for years that uh, their failed policies are causing great financial harm to GRU and its customers and, uh, you know, try to save the, uh, the, the dumpster fire uh, before the building goes up with it, because it's not a very good situation. Um, it's astonishing uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the amount of debt that that utility is carrying. And it is just clearly not sustainable under the current uh, policy and, and gender-driven ideology of the Gainesville City Commission. And I blame the mayor and the city commission for this, because at the end of the day, they're the board of directors of GRU, and uh, they should know better, uh, but they seem to be uh, self-proclaimed uh, thought leaders um, thinking that they're uh, issued a mandate to do whatever they want to do by a small number uh, of voters that uh, elected to office. And it's a very unfortunate situation, but it just reflects on the failed policies and, and ongoing mismanagement of GRU at the hands of the mayor of the Gainesville City Commission. Yes, and to give a little background, excellent answer, to give a little background to our questioner, then uh, those of you who are not from around here but watching the show, um, Gainesville City owns a utility, but they distribute the power throughout and beyond their city limits. So there are they sell it and they sell it to the county. Now, that doesn't mean everyone in the county exclusively buys power from GRU. Some areas in the county can be drawing power from different sources like Clay Electric and Duke, which are considerably cheaper. Clay Electric, for example, is a co-op and Clay Electric is not out to make money so to speak, it's out to provide a service, if I understand this right, and I'll always defer to Nathan on this. But GRU is trying to support its um, wish list, I guess you could call it, for social uh, mor moral issues. I, I don't know how to phrase it. It's so ridiculous. But they robbed the piggy bank of GRU, and the people in the county who can't vote for the city commissioners pay the price. Have I got that basically right, Nathan? Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're spot on. Again, the, the city commission is using uh, GRU as its uh, ATM machine to, to fund its insatiable spending addiction with taxpayer money for its agenda-driven ideology and pet projects. And, um, you know, that's uh, those that uh, are, are suffer, that suffer the most are, you know, the less fortunate, the least able to afford these bills. And and, and city commission just doesn't care. Their, their answer to high rates is to uh, throw additional taxpayer money uh, to subsidize their way out of their failed policies. And, and that in itself is unsustainable. But um, to your point about <coughs> selling power outside of the municipal city limits, that's true. But uh, GRU also sells power to the city of Alachua, basically gives it away uh, in terms of wholesale power sales. And like unlike every other prudent utility that would protect its customers, GRU did not um, um, uh, basically shifted the fuel cost risk to GRU customers, not the city of Alachua. So the city of Alachua is laughing all the way to the uh, the bank right now because GRU customers have seen their, their electric rates increase substantially due to fuel increases over the past two months and then uh, due to the rate increases imposed by the city commission. But Alachua is playing pretty much a, a fixed price from GRU. Uh, and not FMPA. So another bad deal uh, that uh, where, yeah, you might make some incre incremental revenue, um, but you have to question whether we're bleeding cash right now because we're selling power um, to the city of Alachua for basically cost, if that, given the fuel increases. Well, we have a GRU debt portfolio review here uh, that Nathan has provided. I think it's public information that is being distributed by of the city itself, is it not? Or how, where does portfolio review come from, Nathan? Yes, that's on today's agenda. So there's going to be a meeting held uh, with the Gainesville City Commission, and I can try and uh, get the time for that. Uh, but basically, they're going to have a meeting today uh, to receive a presentation uh, from GRU related to GRU's uh, mountain of debt. Um, and and the, the numbers in that presentation that, that we're going to discuss are just astonishing. And, and the debt load is un unsustainable. So um, that meeting today uh, is going to take place at 3.30 uh, p.m. 
Um, and oh, they've moved it now to the Tom. Hold on, excuse me. Uh, it's going to be 3 p.m., my bad. And uh, we'll be at the Gainesville City Commission, and that's where they're going to uh, receive this presentation from GRU. And that deliberately will not hold a lot of people, correct? That auditorium? Um, it holds 20, but, um, you know, if, if there's more than, there'll probably be more GRU staff people than public in attendance, which is another problem, which is why they can get away with what they get away with, because there's very few people to hold them accountable. Is it streamed? Uh, can they see it somehow? Somewhere? Yes, it, it's a special meeting, so it should be streamed live on, um, hopefully, well, not on Facebook, because they don't want the public to know their business when they're not virtue signaling about, uh, um, you know, what they normally virtue signal about. But this is one of those special meetings where the numbers are so terrible that uh, they're going to uh, probably broadcast it on their um, <laughs> on their channel 12. But uh, typically, city commission meetings have also been streamed on Facebook, which allows for open participation, but uh, they've kind of throttled back the comments on that also, thinking Facebook is evil and they don't want people to comment, just like the county. So, Let me ask you, I see in the debt portfolio review here a phrase that always raises a flag for me. And the first bullet point says utilities are responsible for maintaining the condition of their capital assets to comply with environmental regulation and to continue to deliver services. Now, to me, those two phrases are mountains apart. Uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding what's going on today. But when you put environmental regulation next to deliver services, I automatically think that the cost of delivering the services is going to go up because of the environmental regulation. How do they reconcile those two, if you will, uh, responsibilities? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's a that's a good point. Utilities are subject to uh, a lot of environmental regulations, particularly, um, you know, when you when you run a water and wastewater utility and and and, uh, you know, some other things. So it, it's a cost of doing business. It's recoverable. Um, and, you know, as, as more regulations are, are uh, put onto the uh, the backs of businesses, the, the costs increase like you know, any normal business. So, so Jerry, you has to absorb those costs, uh, whether they be through the uh, state water management district for improvements uh, to water quality or, or other regulatory uh, and environmental burdens. But, um, you know, that's uh, additional costs of doing business on top of already unaffordable rates. I'm going to ask production if they can put up this debt portfolio review and uh, you can see it. You won't, uh, I don't know if you'll see me at the same time, but it doesn't matter as um, won't be able to see me at the same time. You'll see the debt portfolio review. You hear my voice, you hear Nathan's, and we'll scroll down through this review with Nathan's guidance and commentary, and perhaps my interruptions from time to time, and yours. If you want to uh, participate, just shoot a question along here, either on the Melbourne Law Hotline at 352-325-3938 or on Facebook chat. Um, it looks to me uh, that the uh, one of the things that I keep hearing about, Nathan, is that right here, this second bulleted point, which is broken down, subdivided, and that is rating agencies. What kind of rating uh, does GRU have and how does that fit into the continuum of rates of other utilities? Well, uh, GRU um, is rated by three credit rating agencies, Moody's, Fitch, and uh, Standard & Poor's. And essentially, that's part of the normal process. Also, GRU's rating varies. Uh, each rating agency has a different uh, um, alpha code in terms of uh, GRU's debt. But the gist of it is GRU's entire debt portfolio has been downgraded five times in less than 10 years due to the ongoing mismanagement uh, of, the, of GRU by the mayor and the Gainesville City Commission. And it's at risk based on some of the metrics shown in this presentation. It, it, at risk of further downgrade by Fitch and and, and or Moody's. Uh, S&P, the most recent downgrade was a two-notch debt downgrade. It cost GRU customers another $32 million of additional borrowing costs on top of the $27.6 million uh, and, and counting from the last most recent down debt, debt downgrade. And so in the aggregate, I mean, we're looking at uh, nearly $60 million of um, additional borrowing costs resulting from the city commission's negligence and malfeasance of, of not managing the utility properly. And again, the uh, it's causing great financial harm, not only to GRU, which used to be Florida's flagship municipal utility, but also GRU customers. I mean, uh, you've got the low-income households, hardworking Gainesville families, and local businesses that have, uh, you know, 
the highest, uh, if not some of the highest electric rates in the state, and they're going even higher. Um, so again, it becomes an affordability issue. It becomes a, uh, uh, you know, issue of fairness. Um, and city commission doesn't, doesn't care in their mind. Um, you know, we should all live in high density commune housing, uh, you know, and, uh, pay through the, the nose, uh, for, energy and, and gasoline if we're not willing to walk and, and burn candles or, or ride our bicycles. I mean, it's just insane. It would be much cheaper for GRU customers and city taxpayers if we all bought the city commission a copy of SimCity, their own individual copy, so that they could uh, uh, model utopia at a lower cost to the taxpayer or GRU customers. But uh, that's not uh, what they're willing to engage in. Uh, so we're, we're just subject to their crazy whims, but this uh, GRU debt portfolio review, the slideshow that hopefully um, producers um, and I'm sure your, your sponsor, sponsors will love it. Uh, if you put that on the, uh, on the website, uh, a lot of people will be able to uh, review this before the meeting today. And, and some of the, the numbers here are just astonishing. I mean, uh, we can walk through that, but you know, it's, it's just a, a very, uh, it's the elephant in the room, except the city commission just wants to, close its eyes and, and raise rates and, and, and really kind of uh, put a bandaid on the problem rather than uh, coming and, and to the table and, and considering strategic alternatives for the electric utility that needs to be considered because uh, even the uh, state auditor general's report stated that uh, they have doubts about GRU's ability to, um, you know, services debt on a forward-going basis, given, um, you know, some of the uh, financial metrics that uh, they reviewed. Well, you know, they're always talking about poor, 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 uh, affordable housing, as you're talking about, and the low-income people, East Gainesville and all that. And yet we know that this affects those people more severely than it does people who have deeper pockets, obviously, who don't like it nevertheless, but uh, can, you know, weather the storm, if you will. Uh, haven't they tried, uh, they meaning the commissioners and the various uh, uh, versions of them, uh, some sort of rate gimmick deal that, uh, you know, t eases the pain? Can you refresh me on that? I mean, it's, uh, you know, Charles Gostin mentioned <coughs> one time to me that, you know, he knew a fellow had couldn't turn on the refrigerator and the radio at the same time without blowing a fuse. I mean, in these Gainesville. So. Haven't they tried that sort of thing? Yeah, there, there, there are various programs, uh, you know, for assisting people that are having trouble paying their bills. I mean, GRU has a, has a payment program, um, has some other charitable programs, but none of which are sufficient to address the magnitude of the problem. And, um, you know, the excuse proffered by the mayor of the Gainesville City Commission, which no other utility in the state of Florida makes this absurd argument, is that Gainesville has poor housing stock. And poor housing stock is the root of all evil for why GRU bills are excessive and why people can't afford the bills. And that has nothing at all to do with the crux of the problem or the root cause of the problem. It's just a convenient narrative to advance their political agenda uh, to try to divert attention away from their failed policies and poor decisions that uh, have brought the utility almost to the brink of insolvency with the mountain debt it carries. Um, so, you know, good point. Uh, they, they, their answer to their failed policies is to throw further taxpayer money to subsidize uh, um, these, these issues, but that, that doesn't solve the problem. And that's the thing is they don't have the... Um, uh, the critical thought process and analysis to address these problems. They are just very superficial in their comments and they spend their time dabbling about solving global issues, climate change, um, you know, genocide, everything else. It has absolutely nothing to do with, with, you know, core city government. And, and that's why we have these problems because not only are there poor uh, failed policy decisions and bad decisions they make, uh, they cost us money, but they don't uh, manage the farm and, and the coyotes are picking off the sheep. Well, here's a comment that's come in from the County Observer, who suddenly, I think, maybe had a light bulb go off, uh, summed it up for us. So I'm going to quote it. So the GRU borrows money and increasing costs to transfer money to the city. Meanwhile, the county residents subsidize the city social programs. Is that a good summation? 
uh, be, yeah, that's, that's a, with the county surcharge, that's a good summation. And I mean, not only is it subsidized by the county, it's subsidized by local businesses who have the highest commercial electric rates in the state of Florida. They're going higher and low income people. So they're, those people that are least able to afford these increases are feeling the brunt of them. Meanwhile, they're giving away power to the city of Alachua because GRU is desperate to, to impress the city commission, but fails to, to um, you know, protect GRU customers by not assuming the, the, the risk of rising fuel prices. And we were just left naked on that. It's another terrible deal. So I'm going to definitely bring that up today. And, uh, you know, we could discuss that. But if you're able to look at page uh, slide three, I think, on the presentation. Um, the number, that might be uh, uh, see debt portfolio review. Where do we go from there? Yeah. So if you go a couple slides down, and I'm trying to go back between my notes and, and Zoom. So if you can bear with me. Um, I can't capital budget here around 75 or 80. Is that the one you want or no, it's a slide. It's slide three. So it's uh, page three at the bottom of the slide. So it's the, should be the third slide down debt portfolio review. Got it. Yeah. Debt port Moody's rating agency evaluation. Uh, no, I think we're, um, we're just, we're on page three of 36. I don't have the page number, so I can't follow you. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you give me the tagline going in, we got yeah, debt portfolio debt, review. Yeah, debt, debt portfolio review. Yep. As a five system municipal, is that yeah, the one? Yes. You want? Yes. Okay. Evan, we so have one uh, five system municipal utility operation. We got it. Okay. Yeah. It. So the the relevant information on that for for people to take a look at here. I mean, this this whole uh, presentation is astonishing, and and it's just uh, you know indicative of a. Uh, poorly managed utility by the mayor and the Gainesville City Commission that's crippled with debt. And uh, the, the numbers are, are just astounding and unsustainable long term. But the, the key number here on that slide for debt portfolio review is net capital assets. The net capital assets of the utility as of September 30th are $1.86 billion. That sounds like a lot of money. And it is. But if you look a little bit further down within the presentation, and I'll try and get you to the uh, correct number, um, it's basically, I believe, slide 17, which is uh, entitled, um, uh, give me one second here. I see the numbers now. I got you. Yeah. So uh, slide 17, debt portfolio review, projected debt service obligations. So we stated that the net capital um, on page three, we say the net capital assets are approximately $1.86 billion on outstanding debt principle of $1.71 billion, but the outstanding aggregate debt payment obligation as shown on page 17 is $2.63 billion. So as of September 30th, GRU's total debt service payment obligations of $2.63 billion greatly exceeds its net capital assets of $1.86 billion and greatly exceeds, I mean, and, and you know, that's based on $1.7 billion uh, roughly in, in uh, principal outstanding debt. So when you add interest to that and them kicking the can of debt further down the road, that number grows to $2.6 billion of outstanding debt obligation. And, and basically what that's stating just holistically is telling you, you owe more money in debt than you have net capital assets. So your, 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 your debt and liabilities exceed your assets. That's not a good situation in life. That's basically stating that your your house you bought it for a um, million dollars and you owe one point eight million on it. Effectively, you're underwater. Um, so basically, you know that's why these slides are eye opening. And if you look further on page seventeen, there's a, a, a bar chart there, and it shows projected debt service obligation. So the current debt service obligation is two point six five billion through. 2051 projected to grow to 3.26 billion through 2060, which is again unsustainable. It's almost a a, a uh, 
you know, 40% increase in, in, in current debt load, which is already unsustainable. Because GRU, all three credit rating agencies acknowledge that GRU is highly leveraged and has a debt problem. But this, this debt is projected to grow, and this, this number is just astonishing. It makes your jaw drop. It should make any person with any you know, financial um, uh, fiscal responsibility knowledge just, just drop to the floor. But this debt obligation is projected to grow to $6.55 billion through 2065, which would include funding 100% renewable energy goal adopted by the mayor and the Gainesville City Commission, um, including those costs. And, and if you can't afford your rates now with $1.7 billion in debt with a $2.65 billion debt payment obligation, how are you going to afford that debt if it continues to increase um, and grows to $6.55 billion? You're not. And that's why this, this current debt number is astonishing. I mean, it's, the GRU is crippled with debt, and the $6.55 billion is just unsustainable. I mean, this whole, that whole chart just in one slide shows you how unsustainable and how, how much financial harm the city commission and mayor have caused GRU by adopting these failed policies to single-handedly save the world. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we have it's, a question coming in from an accountant, yep. and I know he's pretty yep. darn good with numbers. I know him personally. Yep. And um, why don't they just declare bankruptcy and, and walk out of the, on the debt? It's, you know, we, and, and debt, we're so used to, that's one question. Another question is, well, we're kind of, you know, we're so in debt as a nation, you know, so what? You know, uh, you know, we just keep kicking the can down. But in the case of, let's say we're upside down in our house. I know many people have done this. They just give it back to the bank, you know? They stick the bank, and and um, you know you and I know that. Can can this city just declare bankruptcy? Oh, anything's possible in life. I, I I don't think they would do so, but yeah, it's theoretically they could restructure their debt. I mean, well, they restructuring a bad word because they restructure their debt all the time and kick the can of debt down the road um, at a greater total borrowing cost to GRU customers. And that's some misleading language in some of these slides. They talk about savings. There are no savings. What they mean by savings is basically they're refinancing debt to lower their current near-term payment obligations. So they're taking, they're paying interest only on their debt and kicking the principal way down the road. And I mean, that's just unsustainable too. But yeah, they could declare bankruptcy. It's not really a good option. It would be a uh, you know, better option would be the city commission to listen to some experts like myself and GRU staff and address the issues that need to be addressed and, and uh, you know, quit spending like a bunch of drunken sailors, but they don't listen to reason. They won't listen to, to myself. They won't listen to other citizens. They don't listen to constituents. And they certainly uh, don't listen to, to GRU management. It's, it's really sad. But if you look at these numbers, and, and this is um, stated further in the presentation, and it's calculated according to the credit rating agency standard, but you know, all you need to do is let, look at net current assets versus the, the debt payment obligations. See, this is underwater. But GRU has a debt to equity ratio of 80, over 80%. It's like 80.14, which means that, that GRU is effectively owned by Wall Street bankers. I mean, the, the city commission and mayor have destroyed the equity um, that used to be in this utility. I mean, the, the, the signs on GRU's bronze gate say the utility owned by those it serves. We don't own the utility anymore. Wall Street does. And, and that's, that's the thing is that um, even the state auditor said that, that uh, the GRU has about four times the amount of debt of any other prudently managed utility in the state of Florida. And well, you know, so that's a good point. That's a good point. And, you know, I want to uh, take a break here because I want to come back and talk about co-ops and, and affect what it sounds as if um, the one of the big uh, misrepresentations of the truth here, if you will, uh, by GRU is it's owned by the people, so to speak. It's not owned by the people, uh, not in a way that a co-op is owned by the people. Uh, we're talking with Nathan Scott, who is uh, well versed in these matters, as you can tell. He will be appearing today, probably trying to get some uh, words of wisdom passed along to the city commission. Uh, he's an engineer. Uh, he's a lawyer. He's a PSC, Public Service Commission member in the past. Um, and for some reason, like the rest of us who do this uh, and bring these shows to you, 
has taken a particular interest in the financial uh, state of the city of Gainesville and its political climate. Uh, the Ward Scott Files is very fortunate, as we have been saying to you, to have a vast and diverse, really, uh, research team. The guys like Nathan, whom I can call on uh, to come in and, and brief you, uh, others come to mind who can brief you on things that they are particularly uh, interested in and have become sort of the resident expert of. So that's whom we're talking to right now. We'll take a break here for our sponsors and to thank our sponsors and our donors. Um, and I get back in a moment. If you have questions, uh, I can see them here on the Facebook chat or 352-325-3938 on the Weldon Law Hotline. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. We are bringing you a member of our research team here, Nathan Scott, who uh, has taken it upon himself for lack of better things to do. I'm sort of teasing. We all get involved with our field of interest, and it's uh, particularly a field of interest, the Gainesville City Commission for Nathan Scott. Now, you have to always realize that for those of us who become interested in politics or some version of it, it can drive you nuts. You'll, you'll run into so many crazy things that don't make any sense, that you wonder how they get away with it. And they get away with it primarily because the media glosses over it or the people don't understand it or they put out their own propaganda and or a combination thereof. And, you know, it's shows like this and it's people like Nathan and some others we have here as guests on the show, both local and national, that really, if we didn't have these type of people, we wouldn't have another version to, to weigh in our own deliberations because it's always your choice ultimately as to what you believe and what you understand. But um, you have noticed, I'm sure, that your rates for utilities, and by the way, uh, we're going to get on this too, because not only now is City of Gainesville peddling you know, your power, are they not getting into things like Wi-Fi? And well, how's that all figure into it? And gas and whatnot, Nathan? <clears throat> yeah, the, the latest uh, failed policy initiative by the city commission is to um, uh, engage in, in broadband and, and uh, you know, they want to do this citywide, but they've, they've had to scale the, their vision back and they want to use this uh, federal money from the American, uh, uh, whatever it's called, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, fund this broadband internet. But the problem is, is they want the broadband internet uh, down the middle of the city, downtown Main Street for all the student apartments. And, you know, if, if Porter's community is lucky, they might get some of it. But, you know, they want to, to, to give it to business and students primarily. Um, and they want the taxpayers like the rest of us to, to subsidize it. And I'm like, that's not, you know, if it's going to be free, it ought to be free for everyone. You know, everyone wants free stuff. Um, but the, the, there is no free in life. And, and that's what they fail to understand. Um, but GRUCOM, which is the telecommunications uh, uh, division of, of the utility, is basically insolvent. It can barely cover its current debt service obligations to begin with. So the last thing uh, that GRU needs to do is to be forced by the city commission uh, to, 
enter a broadband business. I mean, the city of Dinellan, just just southwest of us, tried that and they went bankrupt. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's just not, uh, you know, they can't. Uh, I don't understand what the ideology is, but they think free is good. Um, and it just doesn't work. There isn't anything free in life. There's there's social costs. There's economic costs. There's a lot of cost. Um, but you know, providing free broadband isn't a solution. I mean, you have incumbent carriers like Cox and AT and T, Direct TV, um, and the, that would compete with that. And 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 beyond that, broadband isn't TV or 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 it can be phone and internet, but it's not TV. And I mean, that's that's the whole gist of this is you can have broadband, uh, and I guess they just want to people have to stream on top of that, but. You know, it's not a cable company, and and uh, they shouldn't they shouldn't be doing that. They should be fixing the utility rather than engaging on on you know. It's it's just basically like um, uh, being on the Titanic and you hit the iceberg and you keep steaming full speed towards the next iceberg. I mean, it's it's uh, the the numbers here are staggering. Um, the debt is unsustainable. The utility is owned by Wall Street bankers, um, and you know GRU's debt's been downgraded five times in less well, than ten years. Here's a couple yep. of questions for you, Nathan. Uh, uh, is there a point where the commissioners, uh, which are uh, analogous in this conversation with this uh, viewer, or directors, could they be held accountable for malfeasance in their fiduciary responsibility? Um, they could, they could, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a high standard. I mean, uh, various people, including myself, have, have looked at the state provisions for recall, um, of elected officials, uh, particularly for commissioner Sacco, who had the audacity to, to, uh, flipped off the collective bargaining unit members and it was caught, captured on camera, uh, cause she needs to be recalled as well as a bunch of them. But it's, it's really hard to do that, to get the signatures, to, to have the, uh, uh, legal justification. And then, you know, even if you met the um, threshold, they could still tie it up in court effectively until their term's over. So uh, there doesn't seem to be, unless they're taking bribes or breaking the law anyway, to hold them accountable. They're, they're duly elected. They think they're elected by a mandate, uh, despite the small number of voters. I think most of them um, citywide are elected by 6% of registered voters in the city of Gainesville. And those that live in a district are are basically elected by anywhere from two and a half to three percent of registered voters. So, I mean, it's not a good situation, but that's what happens when you elect people by political ideology, um, and and you know, not people that are looking out for your your financial interests and, and good governance. And I mean, we've got too much politics uh, at the state and federal level. We don't need it at the local level, particularly in municipal government. We need good governance um, and representative democracy, and we don't have that. We have ideology. And fiscally irresponsible spending. Yep. We've got a question here from a mom and pop, a landlord, which I yep. think is very interesting the way this is uh, affecting them. Here we have on the one hand a utility, great and great debt, you know, uh, robbing the piggy bank, if you will, for various programs. And yet we have this a landlord oppression uh, <laughs> that you thou shall. Uh, Caulk your window. I mean, I'm just going to go through a little list here that, you know, make sure the AC doesn't rat, you know, all those things that they did, even though yeah. we have a state landlord tenant act, which is really many people believe weighted in favor of the tenant. Um, why? Why the redundancy? You know, was this a way to try to sleep at, they could sleep at night? They could say, well, you know, we're going to raise the rates on utilities, but we're going to really close all the air that is escaping from these houses so they don't have to use as much utility. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, so this is the uh, this runner's rights ordinance that was adopted by the city and the county uh, commission is actually uh, considering adopting it if they haven't adopted it already, which puts additional burdens on uh, uh, landlords to make uh, energy efficiency uh, improvements uh, and, and forces them to have their uh, rental properties inspected by the city um, and, and or the county if the county adopts it. And, uh, you know, the city's like, well, this saves money because the fees are lower. Um, but, you know, this goes into their, their false narrative of uh, poor housing stock. 
and unaffordable housing. And, you know, when you do these things, and, and this is on a separate note, I'm glad you asked the question and, and the viewers uh, asked the question because, you know, I spoke when right before the city commission adopted this failed policy. And basically, they acknowledged that this policy would displace renters because it will increase rent. The policy will increase rent and it will um, make housing less affordable. And they acknowledged that they had to have a, another taxpayer funded subsidy to counter this and address these displaced tenants um, immediately prior to adopting this ordinance, which means it's a failed policy ab initio. I mean, from the beginning, they shouldn't have adopted it. If you know it's going to fail and you know it's going to produce results that are counter to what they're trying to accomplish, which is um, you know, lower rent and, and make housing more affordable by putting layers of bureaucracy and, and mandates on landlords, uh, you know, any rational person would know that they're going to pass those costs on to the tenants, those compliance costs. <clears throat> and if they sell electricity, it's just going to uh, sell less electricity. It's less revenue to GRU and further increase utility rates. And I mean, it's just nonsensical. These people are not capable. They don't have the intellectual capacity to think rationally, to think strategically, to think critically and make good policy decisions. It's all ideologically driven politics down there. It's really sad because let's you know, go back to a point you brought up before the break, which intrigued me. And I think it's probably so because I get a lot of information from people who don't want to know they gave me the information because it will put them in some sort of peril at their job or and it, I and basically I get information from inside GRU, guys who say, you know, this can't go on. Uh, you talked a moment ago uh, about that very point that the staff of GRU, the people who are actually doing the lifting and climbing the poles and all that business, um, don't seem to be listened to by the people who govern them, that is the commissioners. And I hear it. They come to me and say, you know, you don't realize how this thing is messed up. So are they really at odds? Because um, I'm only doing anecdotal stuff. I mean, people who are, I mean, it's some, a lot of validity to it because I know who comes to me and what, what they say. But, but on a larger level, is there a, 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 a divide between the staff? Did the staff try to give the commission good information and the commission just not pay attention to it? Uh, typically, yes. I mean, um, you know, the city commission is not, acting in the best interest of the utility and its ratepayers, it's acting to drive its ideologically driven agenda. And that has put it at odds with GRU because they've effectively destroyed the utility in the process. They've destroyed the shareholder value. I mean, again, GRU is not the utility owned by those it serves. It's owned by Wall Street bankers. I mean, the, the debt's been downgraded five times in less than 10 years. And even more staggering, GRU's debt payments are over $100 million a year and represent 25% of GRU's entire annual budget. That's how staggering. Where has that grown the, from, Nathan? What was it? What is that? It must have grown from. Substantially. It's, it's grown substantially. And, you know, you've got the, the bailout of the biomass contract, which costs GRU customers $1.25 billion dollars. Um, you know, it's about a um, you know, seven hundred and fifty million in debt. Uh, these uh, downgrades have cost GRU customers, um, you know, sixty plus million in additional borrowing costs over the life of the debt. It's just unsustainable. But the city commission doesn't care. And I mean, you know, touching upon the rates, which I think is really really important too. I mean, they're going to talk about the debt um, presentation today. <laughs> but equally important is the rates, and it's not well advertised because you have to look in the commission's emails to even find this, and none of them really published their emails. So, um, you know, if you if you look diligently, every once in a while you can find an acorn. But um, on November twenty fourth, Mr. Berlarski, the GRU general manager, sent another email to the city commission stating that for the second month in the row, the fuel adjustment charge would be increased. Um, due to rising fuel costs, which is kind of ironic because, you know, GRU claims to have fuel diversity. We bought a biomass plant that we didn't need. And if natural gas prices are high, then shouldn't we be burning more biomass, which emits more CO tons of CO2 per megawatt hour? 
than the coal plant, if you can believe it, by GRU's own numbers. But I'm not seeing the fuel diversity. And, and moreover, um, you know, due to the, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's go Brandon, you know, diesel prices are way up and natural gas prices are way up. And, you know, so it costs a lot more to transport this biomass, you know, all the diesel trucks running down 441 dropping wood chips. But, you know, bottom line is, is um, you know, if you think we had fuel diversity, you think we would be insulated from these increases, but we're not. And so as of today, December 1st, with taxes, GRU residential electric rates for those living in the city, not the county, in the county, they're even higher. But with taxes, GRU residential electric rates are now $163.75 per 1,000 uh, kWh, which is you know the standard u- unit to compare apples to apples across utilities, effective December 1st. And that is a 20.5% total increase from September 2021 on 1,000 kWh for residential customers. And you know, looking at the fuel adjustment charge, fuel adjustment charges is increased 66% in the last two months. So uh, uh, it's staggering. I mean, it, you're you're looking at the the average house. I'm fortunate. I mean, I live in a, a pretty well insulated, um, you know, home and, and townhouse. But those families living in a, a bigger house or energy inefficient house are going to be using multiples of that. And you know, it's uh, since they increased the base rates on top of that, there's been a twenty dollar per month per thousand kWh increase. In fuel adjustment. So, I mean, the average household's probably paying, you know, $30 or $40 a month more than they were um, in, in uh, October, just due to the fuel alone. I mean, it's just incredible that, that city commission is just unfazed. They're like, they don't want to talk about the problem because they're more concerned about talking about global issues. I mean, you know, what the, is- uh, the commercially, too, I talked to a man in the pizza business. Uh, they have to do the ovens and that takes a lot of energy. Uh, and so they can't pass that cost and pizza along to the customer. Uh, you know, it just doesn't work that way. You, you, you'd have to sell more pizzas, I suppose, uh, and slip a little bit of increase into the thing. Then you got to slip in increases on top of the increases that are other factors that are going into the situation, such as the cost of gas and the cost of uh, pro- other products that are transported here. Um, inflation. How will inflation affect this? Um, uh, because I think inflation is w- with us. We're just seeing the beginning of it. Uh, the dollar is going to be worth much less. It's already worth much less than it was, say, two months ago, correct? So if it's worth less than it was two months ago, you compound what you're paying uh, for the power, correct? I mean, you're paying more yeah. with a dollar worth less. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like I say, that that whole inflationary, you know, issue, I mean, is kind of reflected in, in um, you know, the percentage increase that we've talked about. But yeah, I mean, uh, consumers are, are facing a lot of pressures due, due to failed policy. I mean, you know, <laughs> two years ago, we were effectively energy independent and, and gas prices were you know, two dollars a gallon, and and look at where we're at now. I mean, we're just paying through the roof, and and city commission and mayor are like the Grinches that stole Christmas. I mean, they just have no compassion for low income households, hardworking Gainesville families, and, and local business. I mean, because local business has to pass these costs on to their their customers, and we've well, already seen the, the commodity. Seeing, one of the things we're seeing too is um, a comment here by uh, one of our listeners today, and. I think this is probably so is because of this spasm of moral uh, challenge. Uh, I'm just trying to find the right phrase to explain it uh, with this uh, utility conservation for rentals. More and more landlords, mom and pop landlords, I call them, are selling their properties because, um, uh, you know, they, they can't make the ends meet with that. All the other all the other just not profitable. And what this is doing, and I think we can notice it as we go about town, um, we have more and more out-of-town developers developing more and more what I call egg carton housing. You know, it looks like a bunch of egg cartons stacked on top of each other, if you will, Nathan. And yep. we have fewer and fewer mom-and-pop 
uh, businesses that can handle the, you know, what we need with the deep pockets and all that. So you see all this stuff about local concerns. Um, I don't, I think that's another fraudulent, oops, I said the wrong word, a misrepresentation of what's actually happening. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can now. So all these gimmicks that I'm looking at, variable rate debt through swaps, um, what is that about? I mean, uh, what, what this is this is really heavy duty, a debt portfolio review I'm looking at. I think it's slide, at least on my count, it's 18. Uh, a variable rate swap payment received from a counterparty offsets a variable rate payment. Who in the hell understands that? Well, yeah, that's a great question because the GRU's fallen victim to to financial engineering and, and Wall Street uh, gimmicks, which they sell their products and alleged shavings, and then it comes back to bite people because it gets so convoluted um, that that people can't understand it. But basically, even GRU acknowledges in their own um, um, slide presentation that that uh, all these uh, you know financial. Um, uh, products that they've gotten themselves into is is made it uh, very more difficult for them to understand and and for the you know the credit rating agencies to manage and um, you know here here's the slide uh, slide ten that states as our debt grew usage of variable rate debt and swaps has grown um, they claim it's an overall uh, lower overall cost of borrowing, but it's like as size and complexity of our debt portfolio has grown, rating agency review and analysis of our debt management program has expanded. That's additional cost. So, you know, the, they've gotten themselves in. I'm, I'm always of the opinion that, you know, avoid um, financial engineering. I mean, yeah, there's something to be said for leverage, but, you know, utilities, particularly municipal utilities, ought to be risk adverse. And and trying to you know, just keep it really simple and have a strong balance sheet, and, and GRU's got itself in these variable rate uh, rate instruments and these swaps, which can turn upside down. Sometimes they can be beneficial. Sometimes they can achieve what they hope to achieve, but it, it adds layers upon layers upon layers of complexity. And when you refinance the debt, as as GRU has consistently done, it gets even more complicated. So it's not like a simple mortgage where you just have uh, amortization of a, of a principal payment on the mortgage. This thing is is really convoluted. It's even hard for me with somebody that that's got an MBA in finance to follow along. Other than that, GRU has a mountain of debt. It's unsustainable, and uh, City Commission keeps uh, um, throwing gasoline on the fire with their failed policies. So. Um, Great question, but it is complicated, and it's gotten uh, even more convoluted than it needs to be. And when GRU was uh, thinking about buying uh, the biomass plant and, and getting itself out of a terrible contract that uh, the biomass queen, Peggy, former Mayor Peggy Hanoran, got us all into, um, most terrible contract in, in city history, uh, $3.1 billion, but um, – Getting out of that costs money, and and instead of financing that debt with fixed rate debt, where interest rates were at a historic all time low, GRU got itself in bed with the Wall Street bankers and financed part of it with variable rate debt and part of it with fixed rate debt. And I, I don't understand why they claim their savings, but you know if debt rates are all time low, um, you know there's not a high likelihood they're going to go lower. So just Finance it in one and done. Be done with it. Don't do this crazy, crazy stuff. That sounds like to me a guy who would make a choice in mortgage between a fixed rate, real low interest rate, like we've got right or dad. Let's say this for the purpose of discussion. It's one percent amortized over thirty years, and yet for some reason you want a zero percent uh, variable rate. So you don't pay anything right now, but five years from now you might be paying ten percent. So I mean, well, that's what that's what that's that's exactly what GRU did with the, some of its debt. Is it, it when it refinanced some debt? I believe it was in maybe 2014, 2013, somewhere along there. They took out a basically a, a ten year interest only loan on their debt and didn't pay off the principal and kicked the principal to the debt, which lowered their near term payment obligations, but basically. Um, increase the total borrowing cost over over time, and and, and so this is this is what GRU does. It's kind of like people that are fiscally irresponsible that want a new car every year. 
and they're they're underwater on their mortgage. They owe more than the car is worth, and so they just refinance that 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 negative amortization amount and carry it over into the new loan. And all that does is increase their they keep the same payment, but their their debt cost has has grown substantially because they reduce the principal at all. They keep correct. the same payment. Yeah, correct. They keep the same payment, and I mean that's the biggest financial engineering gimmick in the world. And that's exactly what GRU does. Every time it refinances its debt, it, it lowers its payment or keeps its payment constant or tries to lower its payment. But that principal amount of debt grows even more than it is. It's, it's that's a, a classic uh, in the automobile business because, you know, yep. the guy gets the payment, he can afford the big car. But when the car is falling down drunk on the road, he still owes more on it than he did when he took and bought it. I mean, yep. it's crazy. Um, Here's a question from Tim Martin. Uh, could GRU even secure a fixed rate now with their balance sheet the way it is? Um, they, they could. I mean, the thing, the thing is, is, is when you get into these complex uh, financial instruments, um, they entail fees. They entail uh, just hundreds of pages of documents. And, you know, if your debt gets downgraded, the fees increase. And GRU's already fell victim of that twice. Um, where it's automatic, uh, you know, 50 basis point adder to your interest rate. Um, so, yeah, you could have done that. You could do that now. But GRU, that's how these bankers make money. And GRU is basically acquiesced and beholden to the bankers. So whatever the bankers tell GRU that they should do or, or what they want, GRU just goes along for the ride. And if, if part of that is something that increases the fees to Wall Street bankers, that GRU has seemingly been okay with that. I would have financed the biomass plant uh, again if I had to do it, which many people, including myself, think we overpaid for the plant. Um, but if you had to finance that and if interest rates were at all time low, it should have been fixed rate debt, one and done. No complicated financial engineering, none of this nonsense. Even if I could save a little bit of money, I still wouldn't have done it because the total cost of having to to, to um, renew the credit facilities and all this other crap that you have to do with swaps. I mean, it, it's convoluted. I mean, literally, uh, I'm, I think I'm, I'm reasonably smart. I mean, there's a lot more smarter people than me, but <laughs> if it gets to the point where I'm having trouble understanding it and I'm just the average guy, you know, uh, it's gotten too complicated. It doesn't need to be that complicated. It shouldn't be that complicated for, uh, for a municipal utility uh, shouldn't be engaging in these these financial gymnastics. They should be engaging in having a strong balance sheet that 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 everyone knows where they stand. But that's what happens when you get in these shady deals. And well, you know, let's wrap up and and and, this, and the, the, it, what 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 can happen? This really, I've been listening to all this, and and what can happen at three o'clock today to change anything? I mean, it it should be a wake up call. But I mean, the city commission should uh, they won't. But the city commission, it's intuitively obvious based on the numbers in this presentation that the uh, city's uh, self-imposed unfunded mandate to have 100 percent renewable energy by 2045 is unsustainable, not affordable. And they should just revisit that that mandate and, and make it a aspirational goal. But if you force that on GRU customers, uh, the utility and GRU customers are all go bankrupt because it's unaffordable. You can't sustain $6.55 billion of debt on a 96,000 uh, customer base. It's just ridiculous. So uh, and we got a question, too, and I don't think uh, they can do it. That Solar is never going to bail us out of this problem, or is it? No, absolutely not. I mean, so yeah. solar is an intermittent source. I mean, you know, so, solar storage has some promise. The costs are, are, we're not there with the battery technology yet. We're getting there, but we're not there. But you still need base load generation, which is, um, you know, rotating turbo machinery. Wow. Well, Nathan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have you back every now and then because I know you, you uh, have an active mind. Let's put it that way. And you also revealed. You had another degree I didn't know anything about, and that was a master's in finance. So, yeah, um, and MBA, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no, but I, I think I think you, War Scott Files, and, and your sponsors uh, for making the show possible, and everything you guys do for for uh, you know helping uh, bring information to the public. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll we'll keep up with you, and we'll probably uh, 
expect very little out of today's three o'clock meeting with GRU that will change much of what they have gotten themselves into uh, and and maybe can't get out of without uh, sticking it to the customer more and more and more, which is a sad scenario. Yeah, we didn't even touch upon the Auditor General's report or only glossed over it, but there's a great story on CBS4 about that. I mean, that, that audit report came out and it's, it's not really pretty for the city of Gainesville or GRU. Yeah, and here's a uh, comment, of course, government should not be in the utility business. Well, um, that that's... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 dis- I disagree with that. I think there's value for municipal utilities and co-ops as evidenced by clay customers that have really low rates. But, um, you know, federal government's been involved in energy production uh, through the nuclear age and, and you know, uh, plowshares to, to whatever where they... Uh, uh, deployed nuclear power for the benefit of the public, which is very clean and, and very efficient when properly built, maintained and operated. But uh, anyway, uh, enough is enough. And we said enough a lot. Is enough. But- thanks, Nathan. Thanks so much. Right. And thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to our donors. Uh, thanks to our production for doing a great job, of course, steering us through the conversations. And we'll get back with you soon on the Ward Scott Files. Warhol Command Center out.